Welcome, everybody, to the Moose Room. It's a special episode this week. It is the gruesome twosome. So I got Dr. Joe here with me. Uh, Bradley is off doing, you know, something cool as usual. So we'll miss him this week, but hopefully next week, I think we'll all be together. But yes, gruesome twosome. Joe and I just thought we would kind of do a quick episode today. Um, You know, we just got into the new year, 2024. It's going to be a big year. Every year is a big year. There's always things to do. And, you know, a lot of people around this time of year get caught up in, you know, New Year's resolutions and goals for the year and all of those things. And I will be honest with you, I personally am not a big, like, resolution person. Something that I have started doing, actually, um, is something one of my friends does. So shout out to my friend, Sam. She does something that she calls um, New Year's possibilities. So she just writes down, like, what are some possibilities for the year? You know, and and so she puts some work things and some personal things like, you know, a possibility is like hiking some trail or whatever. Right. And so I, I think goal setting, resolutions, possibilities, whatever you want to call them, is good. It can be helpful. But I think sometimes we get overwhelmed by it or caught up in it or, you know, feeling like we have to do this. And if we set these goals or set these resolutions and we do not achieve them, you know, we have failed. So Joe and I just wanted to talk a little bit about goal setting, um, maybe a little bit how we set goals and just some thoughts around goals in general. You know, when I think about goals, it's really it's something you want to achieve, right? It's it's a place you want to get yourself to. But we need to remember that just because we want to get there doesn't mean we're necessarily going to take the path we think that it's going to be. Or, you know, maybe we set a goal and we find as time goes on, maybe that's not a goal anymore. Or maybe there's more I want to do with that goal. So all sorts of thoughts on that. But I'm the only one who's been talking so far. Um, so Joe, you know, I'm curious when you think of goals what comes to mind? Do you set New Year's resolutions, etc.? So I, I'm like you. I don't set New Year's resolutions. Uh, I don't think they they work unless they're done in a certain way, in my opinion. Listen to a lot of material on New Year's resolutions. I, there's a podcast, and I'm not going to remember which one it was, but I know I listened to it a while ago, talking about New Year's resolutions, and they can kind of track when they fail. And they usually fail about midway through February, third week of February. And they they know that because fast food sales take a dive right at the beginning of the year as everyone makes a resolution to be healthier. And then in February, they spike. They pick back up because everyone gave up. And for me, I think there, there's a lot of things with that that I think about. And I think most of it is that everyone tries to make a gigantic change all at once. Mm. So it's like, well... I'm going to lose 50 pounds. That's my resolution. And that's a good goal. But if if you if that's just all you're going to do and you try to make it the, the changes overnight to get to that goal without taking any steps or breaking it down, that's why I think a lot of people fail. Um, and, and it's it's never a overnight process. And we're kind of used to having a lot of things really fast nowadays. 
And I think a lot of this applies to the farm as well. I mean, most of the time when we're talking about goals or trying to problem solve or fix things or make improvements, that stuff doesn't happen overnight. You can't work on everything all at once. There's not enough time or money in the world to do that. You have to create a, a hierarchical list of the things that are most important and then break it down into smaller goals so that you can fit it into the daily grind that is farming and the daily grind that is life for everybody. So that's how I think about it a lot. I think it's really important. I'm a list person. I need lists or I don't get things done. So I'm a one word on a post-it person, but same concept, right? If you you stick those on the wall in order, that's a list. So yeah, yeah, I I think that that, that's that's for me is what needs to happen. I, I like breaking things down, giving myself deadlines, um, I know some people procrastinate, but deadlines help a lot of people. But a list in order of importance, I think, is really important as well because you need to need to prioritize what's most important, what's got the biggest impact, and that that needs to go to the top of the list because you can't work on everything all the time. Yeah, and you know, Joe, I really appreciated what you got at right away, and this is part of the reason. I'm not much of a resolutions gal myself, and that's this this all or nothing mentality, right? And that can be in our personal lives and, you know, our relationships in our farms, you know, where it's like all or nothing, right? So like, if I'm going to say like, I'm going to go to the gym every day in 2024, and then the first day I'm sick and can't go, right? In my mind, I'm failed. It's all over. I haven't done it, right? Because it was all or nothing. And I, I have been a victim to all or nothing thinking at other times in my life. And so I really think of it, you know, some things they're all, they are all or nothing, right? But some things, maybe some is enough. You know, again, I'll, I'll use an, an example from my personal life, right? Like we all know I like going to the gym and there was a time in my life when like I was there six days a week. Like it was just part of my lifestyle and fit with what was else going on in my life. And now, you know, things have changed. My life has changed. Things look different. I have some other, you know, things I need to do and obligations and et cetera. And so, you know, yeah, I don't work out as much as I used to, but I'm not like, oh, I'm failing. It's not even worth it. I just need to cancel my gym membership. I get in there when I can. Sometimes that's one day in a week and sometimes that's five days in a week. I've moved away from thinking about it being all or nothing and like, well, if I don't go to the gym Monday, I'm just not going the rest of the week. I think of it as, well, I missed today and we'll see what tomorrow brings. We don't want to be so beholden to our goals that, you know, it's like we're just paralyzed from actually moving forward with them because we're so afraid of failing. I really think about goals, too, is like, You know, your goals are going to be the most idealistic, best thing that you can think of that you want to have. Right. Um, And then, like you were saying, Joe, you know, how can you break that goal down into something smaller or how can you, you know, inject some realism into your goal? You know, like, yeah, maybe I have a goal of, you know, wanting to expand my herd by 50 cows this year. Right. That's my goal but I'm going to work on it one piece at a time, right? One cow at a time is how I'm going to build on that. And maybe I find midway through the year that I'm at 30 cows. And you know what? I'm actually at capacity. I don't have room for 20 more. 
you know, so that goal can change. Things can adjust, right? Because our, our circumstances are going to change and, you know, what we want, what our desires are, are going to change. So, you know, that's another thing I really think about with goals and like, it's okay if a goal ends up changing or going away, you know, or if it's not a goal anymore, that's really normal. Like we have turnover in every area of our life. There's going to be some turnover in our goals as well. Absolutely. And I think it, it also, when you break everything down into smaller pieces and you look at the work it's going to take and really think through the process of something like that, it allows you to make sure you don't rush into something and jump into like make a snap decision when you're feeling good. Cause that happens for sure. I mean, everyone's done it shopping. You go to the grocery store hungry and you buy everything. You don't think it through. You just, just, I want that impulse decisions. But if you have something big like that, let's say you want to expand or you want to do something, you got to think about all the things, right? You can't just say, well, I'm feeling good. I got a pocket full of cash. I'm going and buying cows without, you know, thinking about, okay, well, am I going to make sure they're tested for this, this, and this so I don't bring something home? Do I really have space? How am I going to figure out extra feed? Have I adjusted everything? Do I really know what it's going to do to the farm? Have I talked to my employees at all? Because there's more work now. There's a lot of things to think about. And I think making a list, breaking goals down into their smaller pieces stops you from just doing that impulse thing that seems like a good idea and might be a good idea, but maybe hasn't been thought out all the way. And I think the same thing happens with personal goals too, right? How many home gyms do you see that are just completely decked out with every possible tool that you could possibly use to work out and they're sitting there collecting dust? You don't need that much stuff. And you know, you brought up a good point there, Joe, and that is like, especially with farm related goals, it's probably going to impact more than just one individual person. So we've kind of talked more on individual goals here, but when we're thinking about farm level goals or goals that include multiple people, we also need to think about accountability to that, you know, and accountability to each other when goals involve multiple people. I'm curious, Joe, you know, what do you think as far as accountability? And I know like we've both spent a lot of time on a lot of farms um, and, and so I'm just curious, you know, have you seen anything of, you know, farms kind of working together towards a goal where everybody's kind of bought into that and what do you think worked or didn't work? There's so many different things. And I think one of the most effective ways to do it is to make it somewhat of a fun competition, right? Mm -hmm. When you have some of these really big dairies that have multiple sites, there's always competition between the sites. No, even if you don't intend there to be, there's going to be, right? right? So you might as well harness that and take advantage of it and say, well, farm A is doing this for milk and they've got this somatic cell count and they've got this. Farm B, you know, you're you're a little bit behind on this, but you're better at this. And you just just let it let it run. I mean, that's fine. That's a fun, it's a friendly competition. I've even seen it incentivized for employees as well, all on a benchmarking system where you're you're competing against the other farms, but you're also mostly all the incentives are based on competing against yourself, right? So hitting certain goals. And I think that's what works best for me as well, personal or otherwise, is benchmarking yourself. You know, I'm not I'm not competing against anyone else, especially when we're talking about fitness and all this other stuff. Like, let's just be better. 
not better than that person or better than that person. Let's be better ourselves and compete against yourself. And I think that that works well um, if you have an achievable goal in a small step. Because all if all you have to do is be better than you were, like me the last month, right? Didn't work out at all. Not not once. Not once. I was active, went for walks, bike rides with the kids, stuff like that when we were in Florida, but didn't like sit down and like, it's time to work out. Not once. So for this next month, if I even do it once, that's better, right? So a goal of once is not, is probably a little low, a little bit of a low bar, but you know, I'm just trying to be better than I was. And I think that's the way to go. I think the incentives work for employees. You got to be careful because sometimes you run out of realistic improvement. So you also have to incentivize like maintaining a level that's already really excellent. So you just got to be careful with all that. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, especially yes, when you're trying to get you know, really group buy-in. You want a lot of people involved and excited about it. I do think, you know, putting that little competitive edge or putting a little incentive to it. Um, An example I have uh, from a farm I worked with, this was several years ago now, um, you know, and, and I forget. But anyways, they milked three times a day, right? So they had different milking shifts. And I believe what their goal was, they were trying to improve um, turns per hour, like their, their milking was just getting a little slow. And so, yeah, they were just watching like at each milking, like who was getting the fastest turns per hour. And then I think it was for like, you know, a couple weeks, whoever had the fastest ones, those ones, they got like, you know, farm t-shirts or something. And then I think um, they worked at it like for maybe a month or two, then they just wanted all the shifts to have faster times than they did previously. And then they, you know, brought in pizza uh, one day so that everybody on shift got pizza, right? So, you know, there there's a little investment there, certainly. Um, but those are kind of small, relatively affordable ways. You know, incentives don't need to be a $1,000 bonus, right? If that's not something that's, you know, you're able to do, that's okay. You know, maybe it's just like, hey, you guys, you guys had the, the, you know, quickest turnover rate this week. So like, here's a bag of candy for you to split, right? Doesn't need to be anything big, but also, especially if you are trying to get that group buy-in in your goals, you know, checking in along the way and, and letting everybody know like, Hey, we are getting there. We're maybe not at the set goal, but we're closer, you know, than we were a month ago now. And I just, want, you know, you as my employees to know that. So like, yeah, hey, have a candy bar. And and I just want to thank you face to face for this, right? That's also how you're going to keep people engaged, you know, and excited about it. And they want to know that somebody's noticing that they are staying up with these goals as well. So lots of different way, ways to do it. It's really going to depend on what works for you, what your goals are, what your setup is like. It's going to depend right on your individual situation so the other thing to think about with with that kind of thing and anytime we incentivize anything is that we have to remember that everything is connected and it's all a system so if you're going to incentivize one piece you have to think about everything that goes into that piece so if we're going to incentivize clinical mastitis cases and you're going to give an incentive to the parlor 
you can do that, but clinical mastitis, it doesn't just happen in the parlor. It involves cow comfort. It involves stall cleanliness, alley cleanliness, everything like that. So if you're going to incentivize that piece, you have to think about everything that goes into that incentive. And it's not just the parlor that deserves the incentive. So you got to be real careful because you can put some people off in your employee arsenal uh, with incentives. So keep that in mind. And remember that it's a system. Everything's there. Everything is connected. So you got to keep everything connected and you don't want it to get siloed. You need to everything to work together. And then you got to remember that there's different motivations for different people, right? So if you incentivize speed, great. That's awesome. But if you incentivize speed and it helps the dairy, but it actually cuts down on the time that an employee is working and it cuts their hours, you have to you have to account for that and you have to make sure that employee understands that you're still going to pay them the same amount total or whatever it is because there's all different reasons that people slow down, right? And if it's if it's because they need the hours, they need the hours. Or you can explain that you have other things for them to work on, even if they finish early in the parlor or whatever it is. So you got to be careful with that. That's it's really key. Labor's short. You don't want to lose good labor just because of an unintended consequence of something like this. So got to keep all that stuff in mind because it, it can really throw a wrench in things. If you don't see and you look down at the dominoes that can fall from from doing something like this and setting these goals. So it just just something to keep in mind as you work through these things. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Just thinking about how your goal can can fit into the overall system, because then as you were talking, Joe, it's like, yeah, if you're going for speed or, you know, efficiency, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, just being mindful of now, are you pressuring people to go so fast that they're cutting corners and maybe not doing things as safely or, you know, missing steps along the way? Um, so, yeah, really, you know, thinking of how those goals may impact other things. And again, how does your goal fit into the system that you have already? Yeah. And I think the the other piece of that is just taking the time to explain why we do certain things is huge. You could get a lot of buy-in to get to some of these goals if you just understand why you're doing it and tell people why you think it's important. If And especially if that has a benefit to your employees as well. So uh, we'll, we'll go back to the parlor, right? So when you say, you know, I want this turnover time to, to I need it to speed up. I need things to speed up. And if you tell, just tell them to speed up, without explaining why, like who's going to want to work faster with for no reason, right? But if those employees understand that the faster we get this done, the more cow comfort we can get, the dry matter intake goes up, the more milk we can get, the more I can pay you. Also, there's going to be less mastitis, less sick cows. That's going to cut down on your time in other parts of the, and makes their job actually easier. If you explain all of that, and the incentive that their job might get easier, that there's going to be a lot more buy-in. That goal is going to be much more attainable rather than just saying we need to speed up. So I and that that can be difficult, but I think explaining the why is a huge piece. Yeah. And that really ties to, you know, previously on the podcast, we've talked about 
you know, culture on farms and building culture. And this kind of ties into that too. So like you said, Joe, you know, the why, and, you know, you need to get that buy-in, you know, and, and making people as excited about your goals as you are, right? Especially if it is going to take a group effort. I think that is a really important piece of that. All right. Well, I think we've got uh, quite a bit today. We have to address the fact that uh, uh, Bradley's not here. We talked about that it's just the two of us. But why right. is he not here? Because Bradley's like super important. He's always got important right. things going on. Blah, 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 blah. Reporters are just showing up on his door to ask him questions constantly. Yeah, they're just beating his door down. So what can we what do about it? Ever. Super <laughs> important. But hopefully he'll be back next week. Right. If if another reporter hasn't showed up at his door. But yeah, we just thought we'd have kind of a quick conversation today, me and Joe, about goals. You know, we're we're curious. What are your thoughts? What are your goals for the year? Um, you know, how how do you make goals work on your farm? You know, if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. And so you can send that, including questions, comments, and scathing rebuttals to themooseroom at umn.edu. Again, you can email themooseroom at umn.edu. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 612-624-3610. You can engage with us on Twitter at umnmooseroom and at umnfarmsafety. Of course, you can find Bradley and check out the electric tractor on Instagram at umnwcrocdairy. And find us on the web, extension.umn.edu. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.